Yo, Dylan here, Big Jangles Glass. It's all art and other things. You know what it is, people. Um, thank you for all the continued support. It's very much appreciated for the few listeners that I have gotten on my podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, but we're here for another solo episode, and I wanted to call these ones Tales from the Trap because I swear to God, I got a million of these stories, and uh, this is how I got narked on, dude. Like, I literally got straight narked on, and I knew this guy was a cop right from the beginning. The guy, the, like, my friend who I think got in trouble was pretty much narking on me. And then the first time he introduced me to this guy, I was like, after this dude left this pizza shop, I was like, John. I'm like, that dude's a cop. My buddy John's like, nah. Little did he know that the few times I ended up leaving his pizza, one of the times I ended up leaving the pizza shop, and then another time that I ended up meeting him near my apartment, I got arrested two times. I'm sorry. If you meet up with somebody a few times in life and then you get arrested after you meet up with that person... That person's probably a fucking cop or a narc. So let's get into it. Um, I got to spark this blunt though. Sit back, relax, enjoy. If you got some cannabis too, roll it up, spark it up. Let's get into Tales of the Trap. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Sparking the blunt if you're just listening to the podcast. I am sparking a blunt. <laughs> so, God, I don't even remember what year this was. This was a long time ago. It had to have been 10 plus years ago, if not more. I was working at Jiffy Lube in Salem, New Hampshire, making $8.50 an hour. $8.50 an hour changing oil. (laughs) What was I doing with my life? Oh my goodness, that is so bad. I literally make $20 more an hour now. So I make like $28 an hour now. Come a long way. But we're not talking about that. So working at Jiffy Lube, we're all fucked up. Me and my homie at the time, dude, we're fucking straight shooting pills, doing oxys, fucking heroin, getting it all. So this new pizza joint opens up like down the road near McKinnon's on 114 in Salem, New Hampshire. Not past the Coliseum. It was like a little bit before it. And uh, start ordering food from this dude. And this guy fucking pulls into the parking lot all the time. And it was like, oh, like I forget what year Maxima that was. He whips into the parking lot. And this dude would always fucking smell like booze or fucking weed. And this is early millennium. Weed is still very illegal. And we are in New Hampshire. So weed is very illegal. So after a while, like, we order a bunch of food from this guy. Literally, every, like, (laughs) I'm smelling the weed at the booze. I start asking him, like, what's up, dude? He's like, you know, (laughs) I thought we were just a delivery driver. That dude actually owned the pizza shop down the street. And he was crazy. Even though he had a few employees, this guy had no license. And he would still deliver pizzas. Like, and he would get pulled over all the time by the Salem PD. Like, we wouldn't see him for a few weeks, and we'd have to go pick up the food. It's because he'd be driving around delivering stuff, and then literally he would get caught driving without a license and get get locked up until somebody bailed him out. This dude was a savage. I thought this guy was my friend. I did. I literally thought this guy was my friend, but uh, I think this guy got jammed up, and um, he had to narc on me. Well, he didn't have to. He just chose to, fucking asshole. But this story is so crazy. <laughs> so my buddy John, who owned that pizza store, the one who I think can set all this up, I'm selling him weed. <laughs> I'm always selling him weed. And they, he knew that I was junking out. Like you could see track marks in my arms, dude. I was a disgusting human being. And he never really got down like that. He just wanted weed and shit. And like I could get it because I'm from Massachusetts and it was a little decriminalized, but it was still illegal in New Hampshire. 
So I would always get him weed and I did a bunch of business with him. And then one day I go to the pizza store and there's this dude there in the back. I go bring him like a couple ounces of weed and I meet this guy, Mike. Says his name's Mike. And uh, we chatted up for a few minutes and the next thing you know, <coughs> that guy leaves because he was getting some weed from John. And right when that guy left, I was like, yo, that guy's a fucking cop. And then my buddy John's like, dude, Mike's not a cop. I've known him for a little bit. And I'm like, that dude is a fucking cop, bro. I have the craziest vibe. And dude, I've been doing this shit for a minute. I'm sorry, but when you've been in the game for years, if you go off of that first instinct, I've realized, dude, dude, when you have a bad feeling about a situation, like a play you're about to do, or another human being like that in, that, in that situation, in that scene, when you're like hustling, doing your thing, go with your gut feeling, because you're probably fucking right, so I, uh, I don't ever really give that guy my number for a while, I keep going to the pizza shop, meeting my buddy John, and always bringing that guy the weed too, so it's like the middle of the summer and uh, we're all going to Harry Brown's and shit. I like go to Harry Brown's for the weekend up in Starks, Maine. People over here know what it is. It's a smaller fucking weed fest up in the middle of Maine. Uh, for the people up in Starks, Maine, for the people who don't know. And uh, I go there for the weekend. I rage. I come back and my buddy John, he's like, I need a QP. So I'm like, all right, I can fucking, when I, I got to get back from in the sticks of Maine. And then when I get back from the sticks of Maine, I will... I had to rest for a little bit, so I pass out of my apartment in Haverhill for a few hours. Next thing you know, I wake up. I weigh out this guy's bag of weed. Well, I had an other bag of weed in my pocket. There was literally nothing in it. I'm talking flakes in a bag, like just a few little speckles of dust, like weed dust in the bottom of it. Forgot about that. So I go meet my buddy John at the pizza shop, and guess who's there? That dude Mike again. So I think they split the QP or something like that. They never really asked me for heroin or pills or anything like that. They just knew that me and my buddy who I worked with were junking out really bad. So I sell them the QP. I leave and I am literally going south on 114. I'm at McKinnon's. McKinnon's is on my left with the Urban Gas Station. And there's that huge intersection right there. There is a cruiser on the other side of that intersection. I'm looking there, I'm sitting, I literally don't think anything of it. So I get the green light and I pull in to go left to, I needed gasoline. Well, this cruiser literally goes right through like the red light and pulls, pulls right on my ass and follows me over to the gas pump. And I'm like, huh? Like, what the hell's going on? And then the cop comes over and I'm like, what's up? And he goes, what's that bag hanging out of your pocket? And I'm like, what fucking bag? There was like a corner of a baggie hanging out of my pocket, that bag that I forgot about. And I pull it out and I'm like, dude, it's an empty bag. There was literally nothing in the bottom of that bag. Nothing in the bottom of that bag. And they charged me with transporting drugs in a motor vehicle and um, having possession of marijuana. I'm telling you, that fucking guy narked on me. They thought I was going to have other drugs. They just, dude, they ripped that Honda Civic I had apart. Ripped it apart. Ripped it apart. So... I remember I had given that guy, Mike, my number, I think, or yeah, that Mike, the guy who's the narc, I given him my number. This is before all this, like I had gotten arrested that one time after I left uh, the pizza shop in uh, Salem, New Hampshire right there. I gotten arrested. So I get bailed out and everything like that. And I call my buddy, John. I'm like, dude, I got arrested leaving there. And he's like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, bro. Like I got arrested leaving the fucking pizza shop like a mile down the road. So like a little bit of time goes by and uh, that dude, Mike calls me. And he's like, 
yo, I need a quarter of Bud. And I'm like, all right. It was just a quarter. I'm surprised he didn't ask for more. Thank God I did not meet him at my apartment in Haverhill that day. Because I'm telling you, if I met him at my apartment in Haverhill, I think that would have given them the fucking, the go-ahead to come kick the door in. So I lived in Rosemont in Haverhill. Uh, there's like right off of 125. It's uh, the northern part of Haverhill. And uh, there was a, there's a friendlies like right around the corner. I used to go meet people at. And like there was a bunch of stores because I was fucking hustling all my 20s and all of that stuff. Well, I literally, I was like, you know what? I don't feel like meeting this guy at my house. Like, I know him, but I don't know him. And, like, I didn't really put two and two together. I thought I had just gotten arrested the other week because I was, like, junking out. I had that little crackhead Honda Civic. I didn't really think anything of it. So I I was like, you know what? I'm going to meet this guy at Friendly's. So as I'm pulling into Friendly's in Haverhill on 125, it's like a fucking wicked busy day in the summertime. And, uh... It looks ridiculous. It's a wicked busy day in the summertime. Whole parking lot is full. And I literally, I like, I go in with my Civic. There's like a uh, a champagne pewter silver colored 1500 right there blocking the entrance to the uh, Friendly's parking lot. And I beep at this motherfucker to get out of the way. That was an undercover cop. Um, I couldn't believe how many actual cops were in this parking lot. There was a lot. That's what I'm saying. If I had had this dude come to my apartment... Was that going to give them like the fucking go ahead just to come kick the door into that place and try to get me for some other stuff? I don't know. But I made the conscious decision. I'm like, I'm going to meet this dude at Friendly's. Thank God I did. Literally, he gets in my car. Next thing you know, we do the play. He gets out, fucking gets out. And next thing you know, I didn't, I'm not even paying attention. The cop goes to me. He goes, dude, if you had just given him a bag of weed and not accepted money, we wouldn't have arrested you. And I'm like, huh? I don't know about that. Because he got out. Next thing you know, I'm getting swarmed. And he's just walking away. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, this motherfucker. I'm like, dude, how are you not getting arrested right now? So I'm watching this dude get away. And they're fucking get your hands on the steering wheel. And I'm like, okay. Like, you got me. I'm like, Okay, so they're like, dude, where's the dope? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, we know you got heroin on you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, you see these track marks in my arms? I'm like, I ain't going to get... I'm like, I'm literally selling this bud and I'm calling the dope man. I'm like, if you're going to arrest me, I'm like, arrest me because I'm already getting dope sick and I know I'm going to have to go get processed and all this. I'm like, I'm going to be unruly in a few hours because I am not going to be a happy person. So like, let's get this process going. The cops are like, dude, we know you got heroin. We know you got heroin. I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't. So I had like another actual ounce of weed in my uh, glove box because I was going to sell that too. I was selling this dude a quarter and then I was going to sell like another ounce of weed. This is back when like weed was still illegal. It was decriminalized, but you still got in trouble for it. So all the cops are threatening me, threatening me. They're like, oh, we're going to stick the thumb up your ass when we get to the police station, all this other stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, I don't have anything. Eventually, they never even did that. And I um, I forget who I, I think I had to call my mother to come bail me out. I was like, yeah, you got to come bail me out. And uh, it was just crazy. So after that, I was like, yo, I need to contact my friend, John, the pizza dude who owned the pizza shop. Like we're up on, in Salem, New Hampshire on 114. Phone is off completely because it takes a couple days for me to get my car back. I had to get my car back out of the impound and all this shit. 
So I'm trying to get a hold of him, trying to get a hold of him. Finally get my car back, and the fucking thing is like in shambles. All the plastics are ripped up. They fucking destroyed this vehicle. It was like really annoying. And they didn't put anything back. It was like all me just trying to jam pieces back in. So they, uh, I tried to get a hold of my buddy John, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the pizza shop. <laughs> I'm just going to go up to the pizza shop. I go up to the pizza shop. Everything's gone. There is nothing left in the building. There is no ovens, no seats. That building was completely empty. I mean, it was in a little bit of a strip mall, but his pizza store was completely gone in a matter of just like a few weeks. There was nothing left. No sign on the top, no trace of anything. There was no number anywhere, like completely gone. And like, I was still getting clean and everything was kind of in like a fog then because like I was still ripping and running, dude. It was so, so nuts. It took me a little bit to put two and two together. Like a month or two goes by and I'm like, dude, that guy was a cop because I tried calling that guy Mike's cell phone again or I think something. No, they, I didn't. I forgot the cops took my phone. So I obviously didn't have that guy's Mike's number, anybody's number anymore. And I did have my buddy's John number. I think I had it something else, but eventually I just went up to the pizza store and everything had been taken out. And I was just like, this is some Twilight Zone stuff. Like, what is going on? Like I said, it took me a few weeks to figure it out. I'm like, that dude was a straight narc. Like, the first time I met that guy, I had that feeling that he was a cop. And I was right. I honestly don't think that that dude, John, wanted to narc on me like that. I think, dude, he was a crazy motherfucker. Like I said, he would pull up drunk all the time, drinking and driving, delivering pizzas. I honestly think he got jammed up and he was like, I don't know. I met these fucking kids that work at fucking Jiffy Lou, bro. <laughs> that fucking sell me weed. I wouldn't be surprised if you could get him for some doper pills, too. Fucking question him more. <laughs> and then they they did. They're, I was like, dude, you guys see, like, even the Haverhill police gave up really quick, quick on me. They were really, they knew that I was just a full-blown drug addict. They knew that I was nobody on the chain of anything. Like, you weren't going to get anything out of me. All the numbers I had in my phone for the dope man were probably fucking burner phones and fake names. So it's not like you were going to get anywhere off of that. You could see that, like, I was, like, deathly ill. I was skinny, track marks. I was a disgusting human being. It was good that it all happened because they put me into a program, thank God. I was looking at, like, 90 days in jail. I would have... Lost my apartment. It just would have messed everything up. But uh, that judge actually had mercy on me. Because I went up there and I'm like, dude, I'm a full-blown drug addict, man. <laughs> I'm a full-blown drug addict. Like, I need help. Like, this isn't me. And the judge was like, I'm not going to put you in jail. I'm going to put you in a program. So he put me in a... I forget what that thing was down in Salisbury, Mass. But I was on the colors. <laughs> Excuse me. I was on green. So I had to get drug tested four times a week. And it was just so crazy. And like, as I'm getting clean, I'm like, dude, this, I'm like, that guy, that, they fucking straight narked on me. And they did. I mean, I went back there numerous times. Like, I had no idea how I was ever going to get a hold of that guy, John. I didn't know where he lived. It was just, we had our relationship through the pizza shop. And it was just straight Twilight Zone status. Because I was like, after I saw that dude Mike get out of the car and the cops swore me and he just walked away. And like, I was like, this mother. So. It was just like, wow, it's crazy. But I think things happen for a reason. Like I said, if I had had him, if I had had him come to my apartment and did a deal in my apartment, I guarantee you they were either going to come kick my door in right after he left because there were so many cops just up around the corner at the friendlies. 
But I guess I came to them and I made it easier for them. But they didn't really even get much, dude. They realized that I was a full-blown drug addict and that I was a nobody. And I'm like, you weren't going to catch me with ounces of heroin or fucking any of that, dude. I was, no. So that was just one of the tales of the trap that I had. to Because it was, it was just so crazy. That was Twilight Zone stuff, dude. Twilight Zone stuff. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed that little thing. That's how I got narked on. I hope you enjoy this little story. You know, there's plenty more. I like literally have so many more. I'm writing these episodes up. I'm trying to, for my other episodes that aren't this, I'm actually trying to do some research on a few things because I don't want you just to tune in and have my jibber jabber. I want like some actual facts to base conversation off. I think that makes it a lot more engaging. I think you'd want to tune in a lot more. Um, Thank you for all the support and everything so far. It means a real lot to me. So um, I'm Big Jangles Glass, all art and other things. Oh, it's me, Dylan. I'm Big Jangles Glass, all art and other things. I messed up my own thing. Have a good day, everybody. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you.